Good morning, Harvard Epworth Church. Welcome to worship this hot summer morning. I'm Karen Scala, and I'm a deacon in the UMC, and I am absolutely delighted to be here today in person. Usually, I'm here online, all the way from Vermont. So just by a show of hands, how many of you know what a deacon in the United Methodist Church is? We have about half and half. All right, so I'm going to do a little quick explanation. If you think of the church as a campfire, just like the campfire that we talked about earlier in the woods, there are two ordained caretakers of that fire. Elders sit before the fire, and they gather the coals together and rearrange the logs to coax the flame. The other caretakers are the deacons, They bring the wood from the forests of the world to feed the fire. And sometimes they take a stick to light a different fire somewhere else. Today I bring you wood all the way from Vermont. Barb and Mitch are gifted at building fires. And so I'm going to do my best to keep it well supplied. This has been a heavy week in the wake of Supreme Court decisions and congressional hearings of earthquakes and of fires. It's perhaps the perfect day to talk about the cost of following Jesus. So today I'd like to share some stories, both those of Jesus as well as a little bit of my own, as we think about the scripture reading from Luke today. Stories are said to date as far back as perhaps 30,000 years ago. We get hints of them in the cave drawings in Les Cow and Chevaux, France, which appear to be telling pictorial stories. Stories are a universal human experience, and they've been used over the centuries, both orally and written, by all cultures to help keep alive unique traditions, feelings, and in our case today, religious beliefs. We've all learned facts we heard in school. Yet, yet, it's the details of a story that we've heard or experienced. It's those stories that we remember most clearly. Jesus and his followers take Jewish storytelling to a new level in order to pass on his teachings in ways that different cultures can uniquely interpret the essence of Jesus' lesson. The focus today of this lesson is to make clear just what it's going to take to be a follower of Jesus. It's so pertinent to us today as that same message coming through comes through even in our vastly different culture and time. It's important to note that these same words of Jesus are also found in the book of Matthew in chapter 8. We have two different storytellers, Luke and Matthew, who are telling the same details. Details which give credibility to a story that's been handed down through oral tradition as Jesus' own words. Luke, though, he adds a little more detail to the story, perhaps to drive, point, to drive home the points a little bit deeper. So Luke 
a good storyteller that he is, sets up his story from the very beginning. In Jesus' time, Samaritans were especially unwelcoming to Jews who were on pilgrimage to Jerusalem to observe their religious festivals. So it was not uncommon for them to refuse the Jews' lodging. No lodging, no bed, no place to lay his head, even for the Son of God, nor for those who wish to follow him. James and John are horrified at this. They want to resort to the, to the violence that Elijah resorted to when he called down God's fire from heaven to strike down his enemies. Quite successfully, mind you. But this is a different time, and it's a different covenant that Jesus is proclaiming. It's a covenant based on God's love, not God's punishment. Jesus' rebuke to his disciples underlines his call to nonviolence. It also underlines how hard it is sometimes to reject violence to address conflict. How hard it is to confront court decisions and human rights violations as followers of Jesus. In the wake of our own impulse towards reaching for a gun in today's society, we remember just how much destruction we have wrought in this culture, which proclaims a right to bear arms. This is not the way of Jesus. As Luke's story continues, Jesus calls to another man, follow me. But this man, he stalls for time. Lord, let me go and bury my father. So now think about it. If he wanted to bury his father first, wouldn't be he be already doing such an important ritual, bound as he was in that day to perform that duty? Who knows if his father was even dead yet? So listen carefully to the details. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. In Matthew, he says, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Looking at these two passages together, I think Jesus' message for today, for us, refers to the importance of not delaying. Jesus communicates the urgency of following his way and his priority of bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The priority of spiritual goals over earthly goals, so not to focus on and prioritize the tiny day-to-day mundane details of our daily lives, the daily expectations and goals of the earthly world. In other words, don't sweat the small stuff when you follow Jesus. The time is here and the time is now. Move it or lose it, or lose it all. And so we get to the end of this story and a final lesson from Luke about following Jesus. Still another man wants to follow Jesus, 
But this man, he wants to say goodbye to his family. Jesus says to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So plows, even in ancient times, were used to prepare the soil for growth, just as Jesus is preparing soil for spiritual growth. So think of the detail that Jesus provides, the image of a plow. Now, most of us know, especially those of us from Vermont, that plows are shaped in a V, right? And they only work in one direction, when they are pointed and moving forward. And just to emphasize his message, Jesus is critical of those who try to look back while they're plowing. Jesus isn't interested in the past, past sins, past regrets, past attachments. Jesus is passionately and fiercely focused forward, just as he wants us to be focused forward. He wants us to steer the plow, to plant in the dark, rich earth of our own spirits and plant new seeds for a new life in God's field. Jesus' ministry is coming to an end in Luke's story of Jesus and the disciples traveling towards Jerusalem. Jesus has no time to waste looking back, and Jesus, he knows it. Jesus' urgency to complete his goal, the new covenant, to bring the kingdom of God, echoes our urgency today. We have no time to waste. People are hungry. We are hungry. People are in desperate need. We are in desperate need. Creation itself cries out to us. And we must heed the Spirit's call in those earthly cries and start plowing our soil, lest we be the ones crying out forever. This is not an easy call to answer. Jesus makes that perfectly clear. However, difficult as it is to hear how hard the task is to follow Jesus, what is the one phrase that Jesus repeats over and over to his disciples and to us as his followers? Do you know? Who can tell me? What's the one phrase Jesus repeats over and over? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Almost 25 years ago now, as an oncology nurse practitioner, I was burned out doing palliative care and driven by fear. Now, all these years later, I am ordained as a deacon in the United Methodist Church and remain a health care provider dosing large quantities of spiritual care in the midst of, a, of an awful lot of medical care, and teaching other providers the importance of spiritual care and the care they give. The cost along those 25 years 
was very high. And yet I look back and the richness of those years is staggering. In a world driven by fear during the pandemic, I was and am still afraid for the elders that I care for, but no longer afraid of the world, but for the world. For the same reasons that Jesus was so urgent about his ministry, I now feel urgent about his ministry, even more so after the events of this week. But do not be afraid. Yes, the cost, it can be high. And it is truly living life with a capital L, eternal life. And it's worth it. In the spirit of prayer, please join me. Eternal God, writer of all our stories, we understand that you know what is best for us, even when we say no. Help us to be strong, strong enough to say yes, not no, not maybe, not tomorrow, but yes, right here and now, to the way that you have set before us your way, not our way, Jesus' way, not our way. And remember that we never take one step alone. Amen. I welcome the opportunity over time to get to know all of you and try to answer any questions that you may have about Jesus' story, my story, or perhaps even share a little bit of your own story. Thank you.